Shabbat Shalom. The reading today is from 1 John, chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 18. These electronic versions. Okay, now we got it again. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth, and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and knoweth all things. Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is the commandment, that we should believe in the name of his Son, Yeshua the Messiah, and love one another as he gave us his commandment. And he that keeps his commandments dwells in him and God in him. And hereby we know that he abides in us by the spirit which he has given us. Thank you. Thanks, Peggy. That was actually good because that was started at verse 18, I think, which um, is right where we left off last week. And I know there's several folks that weren't here last week. <coughs> we took notes. We're going to take it out of your paycheck for the next pay period, so it'll come out as a deduction. Sorry about that. But um, no, seriously, that, <clears throat> that, was, uh, that was where we left off last week. And so if you have not been here for, for last week or several weeks prior, we've been in, in 1 John, and I would recommend you go back and, and take a listen or watch on YouTube to, uh, to some of those messages. And again, last week ended uh, with 1 John 3, verse 18, and that was sort of the, that's still sort of the theme going forward with these verses today, although it may seem like there's some different stuff in there, really. It's all part of the same idea of, uh, of love, you're being on the side of truth, either the child of, of God or the child of the devil. As Chaim said, it's very, uh, uh, very in your face the way that John puts this. And so you're kind of picking sides here. Which side are you on? And this is, you know, you're on this side evidenced by this, and you're on this side evidenced by this. And last week was the idea of needing, you know, heart transplants, in a sense, because of needing to to love one another. And I want to sort of take a little second uh, second pass over it this week, because when you hear that verse eighteen, I don't know about you, when it says to love, you know, do not love in word or speech, but in truth and action. Okay, we you can't just check that box off that easy. I don't think. We can't just say, great, well, I'll just love in, I'll love in, in action and truth, not in word or deed. When I hear that, to not love in word or deed, I'm like, well, shoot. That's, because that's kind of, that, that's pretty easy, actually. I mean, if, that, if we could just love in, I'm, I'm great at word, I mean, I'm great at word, right? Just, just the, the loving in, in, uh, in how, does, how does my translation say it? Yeah, word or speech, not in word or speech. That's an easy one. I mean, I don't know that any of us have trouble with I mean, I've read some great letters that I've written to people, and I've read some great letters that people have written to me and things or said things on the phone. It's easy uh, to do that in, in word or speech, but I can't just so easily check the box for the, uh, the deed and, and the word there actually talks about work. It says the work, 
work and, and uh, is what it's talking about with regard to action. So, again, I want to take a little, a little second pass over it because this is, a, uh, this is an area that I think can, will, and should become a, a lifetime endeavor for us, quite frankly, if we are seeking to do God's will, if we are seeking to obey his commandments and to serve him, then we do need to be people who love in truth and action. Uh, you know, a little further down, you heard her talk about, well, this is the commandment. We just need to love, you know, and we need to love, and that's that, and believe in Yeshua. And again, that's the one we can just check off. But that that's not a license for us to, you know, put aside everything about that we know that's in, it's in the Word of God. Again, when we hear that word commandment, we think, oh, this is a new commandment. John talks about it earlier also. The new commandment I give you is to love, therefore forget all those other commandments. No, it's not, it's not that at all. Commandments, again, when we read that in, in, the, in Scripture, whether it's the, the Tanakh, the Hebrew Bible, or the, the New Testament, if it will, the New Covenant Scriptures, has to do with a whole thing of God's his, his standards and lots of action. It's not just to love and a fluffy feeling there. So this is very important for us, to, to, I think, to go over again, um, to look at what, what John here is saying about loving beyond just word and speech, but loving in, in action and in deed. One of the things that I have uh, experienced, you know, I w- but prior to, to becoming, uh, to, to working here at Yeshua Sion, I was uh, in, in an elder position in another congregation, and one of the things that I really, there's a lot of things that sort of took me by surprise, I guess, because I wasn't raised in that kind of environment um, before, you know, when I was growing up. But the idea of when, when I was in, ser- in servant leadership here, there's a lot of things that, that kind of came as a surprise to me in terms of the stuff I'd have to deal with. Some of the things we think are pretty obvious, right? But some of the things were actually a, a bit of a surprise. And one of them, quite frankly, is the level, it, it, the frequency of dealing with uh, conflict, an interpersonal conflict. Maybe you're thinking, what, are you crazy? That's, you know, that, that, that would seem pretty obvious. But it didn't. I, I was really surprised with the amount that I'd be dealing with. Because, you know, I, I've, like many of you in here, I've worked in, in office environments, you know, eight hours a day in close proximity with people in an office environment, in a company, um, five-plus days a week sometimes. And sure, there's arguments and, you know, who, who took my sandwich out of the refrigerator. They're doing it every week, you know, that, that kind of stuff. That stuff happens, sure. But nothing on the level that what I've seen as part of a congregation. Nothing, not even close. And I don't say that as a condemnation for us to hang our heads in shame or what have you, because I think, in a sense, it's expected, or else we wouldn't. We see tons of, of instruction about this loving one another and tons of instruction about relationship with one another in Scripture. And I think, to me, that tells me, okay, this obviously is, it, it may have been a surprise to me, but the truth is it, it, it's normal. It's kind of par for the course. But we don't want to look at it as par for the course that we can then just dismiss it and not think about how we are to interact and, and, and what this means to, to love one another. Because, yeah, we can say, yeah, I, I love God, and that's what it says here, so fine. And I'll, but then forget everything else. But again, I, you know, just the, the amount of, of, of times that I've been asked to be a, you know, a listener, a mediator, sometimes the one who's supposed to come in and fix things, this fixing interpersonal problems uh, with people... Uh, is just uh, just been a, a a lot more than I ever suspected. I just didn't didn't know that I would be doing that as as part of a, a body of believers. But again, I think that it's uh, it's why Scripture deals with it so much, and it is a key 
a key to our life and a key to something that we need to get squared away first. Um, we, Chaim looked last week at Matthew 5, you know, the idea that you're ready to give your, your gift to God, but you need to leave it there at the altar and go take care of your business with, with your, your brother or your sister before things uh, get a little bit too, too uh, entrenched, you know. And so I, I say the problem, if you want to look at it, is that those two things are 100% together, 100% inseparable. Yeshua says the same thing. You're to love the Lord your God, and you're also to love your neighbor as yourself. It's not... Love the Lord your God today and on Shabbat and Saturday when you're praying by yourself. And then when you work things out, maybe later on, you'll, you'll get along with everybody too. They're, they're inseparable the way it's presented in Scripture. So again, it's, it's very important that we don't think we can, just, we can just check that box because it's necessary. It's a necessary thing that pleases God and that nothing will happen uh, until that is part of our lives. Apart from that, I think we're fooling ourselves into thinking that God is pleased with us. And again, this is not meant to be a condemning thing, but it's to give us a picture of how God views us as children. If you remember the beginning of chapter 3, Chaim read a few weeks ago, that we're called children of God. So we're talking about children and and God being the Father. And it made me think, um, with regard to my own children, you know, I think it's fair to say that my kids love me. I mean, they tell me all the time. And I mean, it's sometimes, honestly, a bit annoying you know, I, I, I wake up in the morning, I'm just trying to get myself together to get, oh, day, I got to get hugs from five people, and then, and then I'm trying to leave the house, and then, I got to hug you, 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 and then, okay, fine, I got to, I got to, you know, I got to get out of the house, and then, and then when I come home, same thing, I got stuff, I got to put away, oh, I love you, daddy, hug you, and listen, it feels really good when they, when they do that, and before bed, and all that stuff. Um, it does make me feel good. However, nothing really makes me as happy and conversely, the opposite of happy. Um, but nothing makes me quite as happy as when I see them loving each other and when I see them doing good things for each other or maybe other kids or what have you. And, and it's really also if I see them, you know, they can say, I love you, Daddy, and if, but if I see one of them hit the other one or do something, I mean, it, just, it really gets me angry. And, you know, I, I remember one time uh, I just had two kids at the time, and they were little. And I remember I gave uh, one of my son was outside and, and Sophia was inside, and I had like a little piece of chocolate and I thought, okay, I, I'll give it to Sophia. He's outside. I don't have another one. So I said, here, Sophia, here's some chocolate. She got the chocolate. She goes, all right. She broke it in half. She goes, Zach, we got chocolate. <laughs> you know, and man, to me that's an amazing picture right there. That that's you know if that's not the picture of what God wants. For us to, you know, because Chai mentioned it last week. He said, when you talk about loving one another, it's, it, it may or may not be a, you know, direct involvement. And, in, you know, we have the Yeshua's hugger buttons and it doesn't necessarily, you know, we're hugging each other. But it's really from that to the other side of just uh, being, having a concern about the welfare of others. It can be that as well. And I, when I saw, see that picture of, um, you know, however many times. You know, the, the kids do that. It's, it's very different, that, that picture when she gave that chocolate. That's, that has stuck with me, you know. And as you go through life, as a believer in Yeshua, the question is, where is your focus? You know, where is your focus? We're, we are told to have a, you know, a personal relationship with Yeshua. If you talk to a Jewish person, that's a very different idea. And that's a very unique piece of, of kind of our outreach to, to people, Jewish people and non-Jewish people, that we're talking about a personal relationship with, with the Lord through His Son, Yeshua. And so it's this personal thing. So we focus often so much on that, that um, while on the one hand that's true, 
it's incomplete if we don't have a concern and a care for others, a genuine concern and a care. Uh, again, it doesn't mean we're, 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 we're hugging each other all the time or, or whatever, but just that a certain general thought where, you know, like, again, yeah, Sophia got a piece of chocolate, and her first thought was, we got chocolate, you know? And um, that's how the section, that's how this section actually begins when I look at verse 19. It's how this section begins today. It starts out, some of the translations might be different. Actually, from a translation perspective, you're going to have a lot of different translations for these first two sentences. They're really complicated in the Greek, and so uh, you're going to have, uh, not complicated, but they're questionable as to how, which clause goes here, which one goes there. But in general, all of them are going to start off in verse 19 by saying something that's referring backwards um, to what has just been said. So my translation says, by this. By this we will know that we are of the truth. Remember, he's talking about being of the truth or of, of the enemy, basically. And he says, by this we're going to know that we're of the truth, and it'll cause our hearts to rest or be reassured before him. That by this is referring to what I'm harping on, this loving others in word or deed. So by this, by the way in which we love others in word or deed, we're gonna, we're gonna, our hearts will or will not be able to be rested or be assured before him. Um, in other words, real children of God, if I was paraphrasing, real children of God will love one another in deed and truth, and by this, our hearts will rest in him. Okay? But... We can't just, like I said before, we can't just make that happen. We can't just, you know, do it. It's not a simple mental decision um, that we make in order to love one another. Like most things, unfortunately, uh, it's, it's a process. It's a, a habit. It's one that must be cultivated and one that must be practiced. And the text goes on, and this is the part that really grabbed me this week, um, is that the text goes on to describe a struggle. A struggle in this respect, one that each of us will experience on our journey towards this true life of loving our brothers and sisters. The text tells us that along the way, it talks about our hearts condemning us. It says, you know, when, when it says when your hearts condemn you. Okay, in other words, in, in our terms, when you have doubts about all kinds of stuff, you're going to doubt, you know, the way you're treating others, doubts about your ability to love, doubts that might even leads you to question really whether you really are a child or, or not of God, you know? I mean, do you ever have, uh, what was it, Dan was talking about it, kind of made me think, but do you ever have good days, do you ever have bad days, uh, days when you feel particularly, I feel very spiritual this day or this week, things are going really well, um, and I feel like I'm growing, I mean, we kind of, we sort of self-evaluate, I feel like I'm just in a real good spiritual frame of mind lately, um, what about the opposite? Days or times when you feel like maybe you're, you're not and you're going backwards and you're backsliding or what have you. I had a little uh, text conversation with a guy this week who, who used to come to Shotzion, just sort of one of those, you know, no issues, just sort of faded away. And all of us maybe have been there before. And it was very eye-opening because that's kind of where he was, you know. I say things like, man, you turn to God, he'll turn to you. Oh, I just, I just don't feel like he's there. I don't feel like it. Is it all these kind of doubts and so forth? And... I think all of us kind of experience that. We feel like there are, there are times when everything in our life is just going fine as long as everyone would just leave us alone, right? <laughs> and for me, I see the same kind of pattern in our community. You know, I see there are times, and man, it's, things are cruising along. Jaime and I are having, we know, we're doing our, you know, we know we just work on Saturday, right? So the other days of the week... <laughs> The other days of the week, we're out having coffee and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, the thing, those weeks are great. 
But then there's the weeks where it just seems like, man, our, 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 we're making lists of, okay, we got we to deal with this. The, these two are having an issue, and then these three, and then those two, we got to have a meeting with them, and then they want to. And it's like, and literally, it, it, it's on and on and on. There are, weeks, there, there are times like that, you know, where we're, we're tasked with sorting out things between people. So I kind of feel like, you know, hey, things are going fine, as long as everyone would just, you know, leave me alone. I remember I, well, there was an... Uh, there was an episode of Seinfeld. I don't know if you ever watched it or not, but he um, he's talking to Elaine about being on an airplane. He goes, you know those people, they, they come on an airplane without a book, and then they sit down next to me, and they try to talk to me. And Elaine says, I know. I says, I can't believe uh, What's up with those people? And Jerry says, yeah, people. They're the worst. <laughs> And that's kind of how, that's kind of, I think, how we end, up, we end up feeling sometimes. You know, people, yeah, people, they're the worst. Just leave me alone, you know. And the truth is that while you may very well relate to that, and we're, we're laughing about it, and you might even feel like that from time to time, or maybe feel like that all the time, you simply can't will yourself to, to love others. You really just can't do it. You can't will yourself to do it. Many people try. Many try to be good people. They try to find meaning in life by helping others and so forth. But the reality is that that kind of plan is just doomed to fail. Because that's not a picture of what's going on here in this passage. That's not a picture of resting in his presence. That, meaning, you know, the idea of just kind of you kind of making things happen and being a loving person to others, that's, you know, that's, that would be you, and if you're doing a good job of it in your, in your estimation for that moment, it's, that's more of a picture, not of rest in his presence or resting in his knowledge, but resting or gloating in, his, in, your, um, in your goodness, gloating in your own goodness. And that's not the truth that John's talking about here. Chaim says it very often. He said it the other day in the office. Um, he says uh, what keeps us going and what keeps us kind of in our right mind is knowing who God is and who God isn't. You ever heard him say that before? Well, that's really, I, I noticed that's really, it's a paraphrase, I think, of, of verse 20. He, not that he's paraphrasing verse 20 here, but that is a paraphrase of what's going on in, in verse 20 here. That kind of hit me when I was looking at this this week, and then he said it to me. Because um, verse 20 says that whenever our hearts condemn us, in other words, whenever we doubt Whenever we don't feel too spiritual, whenever we feel that, man, people are the worst, um, that it says that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. This is the real key, kind of the, 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 the turning point for me in this, in this section. We can talk about the other stuff and we can talk about, gee, can we ask God anything and he'll give it to us? Well, yeah, we, we pray according to his will and so forth. We can ask, do we have to do away with the Torah and forget just the only commandment is love? No, not really. But to me... The real crux of this passage that stood out to me is this right here, is that whenever our hearts condemn us, that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. So whenever we doubt, whenever we don't feel too spiritual, whenever we feel that people are the worst, and wherever we feel we're just not going to be able to check that box off this week, but on the other hand, we realize that if we're not loving others, then maybe we're not a child of God and so forth. We need to rest in the fact that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Um, if you look at the Greek, it's translated kind of interesting here. What it literally says is God knows everything. It's kind of a joke. Anyways, it's very clear. God knows all is what it says. God knows everything. So whenever our hearts condemn us, whenever we doubt, whenever we feel not too spiritual, whenever we feel like people are the worst, this is not a record skipping, by the way, whenever we feel that way, God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. It's pretty straightforward. We actually see an example of that. If you remember back when, uh, when Peter denies Yeshua, you know, and, and he, feel, he feels pretty bad about it. It says that he, he uh, in, in, in the Luke passage where it describes that, it says that he wept bitterly, bitterly. 
Uh, the same word, when you look at uh, Hebrew translations of it, it uses the word uh, that, we, it, that we get the horseradish from on Pesach, Moror, Mari. He wept bitterly. So think about when, how he felt when he denied Yeshua. He probably, I'm guessing, uh, doubted, didn't feel too spiritual at that point. Um, probably felt like he was the worst, and he probably wasn't a child. And here, then, when we see when we see in the book of John, when when uh, not in this John, not first John, but in John, when when Yeshua is asking him, "Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me?" I, I'm sure he's thinking, "Why do you, why do you keep asking me this? Because I, I know I didn't make the right decision. I didn't do things very well." And after he says yes, in the in, uh, yes and yes and yes, he says, and his third time he says, "Look, Lord," he says, "You know everything," you know. Was he doubtful? Did he doubt? Certainly at that time. Did he doubt later? Possibly. But he, he understood this fact that, you know what, it doesn't necessarily matter how I feel. And maybe that I, I did certainly make a big slip up there. But the truth is that God knows everything. And it's a continual struggle. It's a continual struggle, I believe, that's being depicted here. Um, the struggle of confidence in our heart versus confidence in God. And that's why, I, you know, I, 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 if you look at the title, of the, the, the title of the message today, that's kind of what it is. Because to me, that was the picture. The question is, when we, when we go through this time of struggle, when we're trying to love one another, when we think, man, people are the worst, I'm the best maybe, and everyone else is the worst, and, I, and I'll love God, but I won't love others, and we're doubting ourselves, the confidence needs to be in God and not necessarily our own heart, okay? Because that's going to betray us in a sense. So... Again, how are we judging our success in living lives as true children of God? Is it based in our own personal feelings or evaluation, or is it based and rooted in our belief in God, our belief in Yeshua, and our belief in the power of His Spirit? I really think that's what the rest of this passage is talking about. And the fact is that the ability, the ability, the power to love others, um, and the ability to live life just in general is beyond each and every one of us. You know, we're all searching for it. We're all trying to dig out, I think, uh, trying to be good people, trying to love God, love our family, and love others. We're all trying to do that. But I think what we can learn from this section here is really the fact is it's really beyond, it's really beyond us. It doesn't mean that we give up, but it means it's beyond us, and that our, our ways of evaluating probably aren't the best. Um, when I was looking at this, I was also reminded of a Facebook post I saw uh, within the last several months, and I pulled it up. It was a friend of mine's uh, daughter. She's like early 20s, and she posted this. I wanted to share this with you. She said, a uh, little one-liner, sharing her life here with everyone on Facebook. <laughs> like some 20-year-olds, maybe. I don't know. Is there a 20-year-old? Oh, did I see you down there? <laughs> I said that for your benefit. I knew you were there. She says, I wish someone would just give me the secret to a happy life. I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be good. I'm like, let me see what the, the, the pearls of wisdom are that came back on this one. Here's a, here they are. You are the secret. Stop looking. It's in you. Hugs and kisses. Okay? Let's go for number two. Next one says, I'm still looking. If I find the meaning of a happy life, I'll sure let you know. Meanwhile, want to settle for a glass of wine? You want to get together? Next one said, you, and when I emphasize it, because these are in capitals, you need to create that happy life, sweetheart. Only surround yourself with others who are positive. Stay away from anything or anyone, that sounds good, right, that is less than positive. But that's not what Scripture is telling us, actually. They don't say to stay away from people. Yeah, stay away from anyone or anything that's less than positive. Perhaps a visit to the doctor might help you. I mean, she was serious, you know, Medicaid. Now, Medicaid, I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not against psychiatric treatment, all this kind of stuff, but that's, you know, that was her thing. 
last one. I'll spare you. This is the last one. This last one says, be the happiness you want, and it radiates from you to others. Then people want to be with you. But again, this is, you know, we see the obvious flaw. We see the obvious hole in this young lady's desire. And we see the same deficiencies, I think, in the responses, right? Certainly when we compare it to Scripture. But, you know, we're all looking to be, like I say, we're all looking to be good people. We're all looking to be happy, to strike that balance. But it it really can't be done, and, and it certainly can't be sustained. So that's why I think these, you know, these... You know, these things are kind of interesting, and although we may chuckle or shake our head at the post, we may, uh, when it comes right down to it, we may really very well be engaging in the same kind of behavior. We may really be, you know, in the same way of thinking when it comes right down to it. And here's the lesson for us, I think, is that you can't have both. In other words, you can't believe in yourself for the things that you feel, you know, I, I, I value, I'm, I'm a good, I'm a good listener, I'm a good this, that, and the other, I can go serve people, I can, you know, help people across the street or whatever things I'm good at, I can, I can do that and I can trust myself for that and then I can turn things over to God when they're beyond me and just sort of let him sort things out. It doesn't work that way. Um, our confidence, the ability to live a life of truth, the ability to live as, as what John's been talking about in this chapter, the life where we are a child of God at all times must be grounded in God who is greater than our hearts, who is greater than our own methods of self-evaluation because he what? He knows all things. And there's a lot in that statement that God knows all and that that's, that's really what's going to sustain us uh, to live that kind of life. That's the lesson for us. Amen. And the text goes on to tell us that our anchor, like I mentioned before, is that we believe in Yeshua and that we obey his commandments and that we live, in the, you know, we, we, we live the way he lived and so forth. And uh, Chaim may or may not get into some of this uh, in, in further weeks. There's actually a lot that's in these, these few passages here. Um, and we could, go, we could talk a little more about that. I think he may. But again, is it that simple? Will we always feel loving towards each other, rooted and grounded in him? Well, no, I don't think we will. But we have to have confidence that when we abide in him, when we are in his presence, this is what verse 24 talks about, that we can have it when we're, when we're doing that. Because his knowledge overcomes our own self-determination, the fact that he knows all, because we don't. And this is not, I want to be clear that this is not uh, what might, you might be called cheap grace or anything like that. John's not saying, look, don't worry, I know you think people are the worst, I know you th- you're not, hand, you know, whatever, but, but I know it all, and so you can keep on going and acting that way and so forth, because, you know, God really knows your heart, and you believe in him. That's not what this, this is not what this is saying, when it says all you got to do is love and believe that Yeshua is the Messiah, because you might say, yeah, I can check that box, no problem. But that's one sentence, there's a lot more talking about loving one another uh, here and elsewhere. Um, this is not cheap grace, okay? Uh, believing in him is not an excuse to sin or to not obey what we know Yeshua wants us to do, which is to love him and to love others. But overall, I want to encourage you that if, if your heart is weighed down with conviction about wrongdoing or with an inability to love like you know that you should, that the place to turn is not inward focus. Like, unfortunately, this, this young lady you know, here, the, it's not to look for inside you. It's you, and, and you need to just let that radiate out. That's not where we need to look when we're weighed down with questioning you know, uh, our ability and so forth. But it's, it's not about second-guessing, because really what that does is that puts the focus too much on you. 
Um, but the answer is not to turn inward, but to turn upward or turn outward. Certainly turn towards God because he's the one that we can, he's got all, he knows all. That's the knowledge we tap into. Um, and also realize that God does not condemn us. He's not, he, you know, we, we're kind of condemning ourselves more than he is. He does have our interests in mind. He knows all better than we know ourselves. And that's, uh, that's something that we need to grab a hold of when we don't think we can possibly exhibit love and concern for others, you know, uh, to God, you know, it, it's, again, when we get to that, that, that sense of, you know, the people are the worst. <laughs> I keep coming back to that because I think, I think we can all relate to that, you know, and we like to joke about it. But that's what we need to grab hold of when we think we can't possibly exhibit uh, that love, when we think, man, people are just uh, driving me nuts. He's the one we need to tap into. And as believers, we have confidence of God's presence in our lives, not because of how we feel on a particular day, but because that we know God's knowledge overcomes our own, our own doubt when our, when our heart's not resting, when our heart's not at ease, um, that his knowledge is the thing that overcomes. And this, this section of 1 John is a, uh, is a reminder that God is aware of, of the believer's heart. It's part of the equation. He's not just saying go out there and love one another like as if it's, not, if it's something we can just do mechanically. But he's, a, he's there to empower us by his spirit in order to see us through those times of doubt enabling us to live like his children and exhibiting a life of concern uh, and love for him, yes, and for his children as an inseparable, inseparable uh, equation there. But it is a continual process, and it's a process that's borne out in our lives. And you listened last week, Chaim said the same thing, this idea of abiding and abiding in him. It's, it's building a habit. It's a continual walking with him and trusting, as it says uh, in verse 24, that we do it by the Spirit that He has placed in us. So let's pray. Lord, we uh, just want to thank You for showing us, showing us Your heart, for Your heart for us, Your heart for others, and Your desire that we would love You, yes, and that we would also uh, necessarily love Your other children, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would empower each one of us by your spirit to walk in your light and to love others. And I do pray, Lord, that if, there are, if there's anyone here that's struggling, Lord, with, with seeking to do this on their own power, seeking to love others with their power somehow, Lord, I would pray that they would stop today and ask for your spirit to enable them to love as you do. I think we each need that, Lord. And I pray that when we have doubts, that we wouldn't turn inward, we wouldn't seek to self-diagnose, but that we would trust in you, that you possess all knowledge, that you know all, and that you can give us all the power we need to love one another in whatever way that might look, Lord. And I pray that in those moments of doubt, Lord, that we'd put our confidence in you and not in our own hearts so that our hearts ultimately may rest in you, Lord, by the power of your Spirit. In Yeshua's name I pray. Amen.